There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, this is Brother Tim McVeigh back with you again on the podcast. We certainly are thankful for each of you that listen. We're thankful for those men that filled in for us while we were away. And of course, Rebecca had a baby. We had a beautiful baby boy. His name is Matthias Joel McVeigh. We're certainly thankful for Matthias. He's added an element to our home that uh, has changed everything. Uh, not only the exhaustion, but also the joy and uh, the, the fact that the other children have now have a baby brother to play with. And it's just changed our home drastically. So in saying that, I've not had time to record this week. I'm thankful for those men that did record, filled in for us. But for the next week, I'll be using a pre-recorded broadcast. This is one from the protracted meeting, the Black Creek Baptist Church back in February. For those of you who were there, I pray it's still edified. For those of you that were in those services, I pray it's still a help to you. But we're going to break down a message and use different segments of it over the next five or six days. And so I pray it's a help. I pray it's a blessing. Pray for the McVeigh family. And Lord willing, next week sometime we should be recording again live and be back in the book of Psalms. And so thank you again for tuning in. Stay tuned and enjoy the message from the Black Creek Baptist Church. We were sitting in traffic on the Bay Bridge in Annapolis. It had been an accident, fatal accident on the other side, backed up for hours. While I was sitting there, the Lord laid upon my heart while singing that song, I Want That Mountain. And uh, I grabbed King James Bible, a pencil, and a scrap piece of paper found in the bottom of the van. And God just began to give me some understanding of the life of Caleb. And uh, I showed up at the church house just in time for church. Didn't have time to change clothes, didn't have time to do it, just showed up for church. We walked in the door, I went back to the back for just a couple of minutes, I came out, the girl was climbing away on the piano, and Brother Harvey said, Brother Tim McVeigh's going to come preach for us. And he said, be instant in season, out of season. Been sitting in a meeting before, and the pastor just looked at me and said, Brother, you need to preach. And I wasn't supposed to preach. I looked at other men and said, I believe it would be the Lord's will for you to preach. It's happened many times in my ministry. Done it to some of you. It's not about the formality of preaching. It's about being instant in season, out of season, rebuke and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Mm-hmm. And you say, those, those things are just too far out for me. Well, I haven't begun to scratch the surface yet. I've been amazed with Sammy Allen. He looked at me and said, Brother McVeigh, go out and preach in that field over there. A few minutes later, he sent the termite out to preach and sent Brother Rose out to preach. We're out there preaching in the middle of an empty field in pitch black. The pine woods of South Carolina. Preached about 20 minutes, rejoicing, singing, preaching, shouting. All of a sudden, a man is standing in front of us in the middle of this field. I said, Brother Rose, why don't you preach? And over the roads, he 
preaches the same way no matter where he's at. And he stood with that man 10 feet in front of him, preached to that man for about 15 minutes. He said, that's just too much for me. If you were lost on your way to hell, would you appreciate God sent a preacher to come preach to you? Yes, sir. Well, the Earl Hughes tells the story or told the story before he passed to being in the country road in Georgia. And the Lord telling him, stop your car and preach to the squirrels. I believe it's the squirrels is what he said. He stopped his car and he got out. And you know, when you're, I don't care how spiritual, you wrestle those things with the Lord. And he preached. So he preaches like he would anywhere else. Got in his car. Years later, a tent meeting in Georgia. A lady came up with Brother Earl Hughes after he got done preaching and said, I've heard your voice before. I was saying you told the story on bivouac of singing those hymns on bivouac. Later on, he's in a meeting he's singing for Moody and an old Confederate soldier came up to Sankey. Y'all heard that story? And said, I've heard that voice before. And he told Sankey of putting him in his sights. Was he going to shoot him? And began to open his lips. He had to sing those hymns. His mother sang and it melted his heart. Many years later, in meeting, I've heard that voice before. God works in ways that we cannot understand. But God does not work in the box we put him in. That's right. That's good, brother. Amen. If you want to box up God, You'll have a God that's limited in power. Yes. If you have a God that has to fit in your box, you'll have a God that absolutely has no power because of the limitations we put on God. I was in a meeting many years ago, and a gentleman, Brother Ronnie Sculpton, reminded him, me of him. I knew him well, still know him. And he leaped up in the meeting, just began to weep and rejoice and shout. And I remember one of the preachers getting up rebuking him. Another man got up and just said, I want you all to know if you knew where that man came from, you'd keep your mouth shut. And he said, sir, you can shout anytime you want while I'm preaching. He jumped up and he shouted again. That's just too far for me. Well, you should have been here the first youth week. You think this is weird? Hey, that was weird. We saw crazy stuff. Didn't bother God. Didn't bother spiritual folk, but it bothered carnal people. Probably still bothers some of them. Had a man told me one time in church, he said, you preach way too loud. Can you tone it down? Very angry. I said, sir, I can't help that. Talk to the sound guy. When he turned, I noticed he had hearing aids. And I said, sir, did you try to turn your hearing aids down? He said, I turned them off. (laughs) (laughs) I told him in Oakland, Maryland a couple weeks ago. I said, if the preacher isn't your flavor or your nuance, or you don't like how he preaches or his mannerisms or his linguistics or his, his lack of vocabulary or his volume or any of his oddities. I said, that's just absolutely carnal, isn't it? And nobody said amen. (laughs) That's just absolutely carnal, isn't it, church? About three or four people agree. 
I'm not saying you can't change some things. You see, we like it smooth. We like it polished. We like teachy teachers. Found out later, a man came to me in the church. He said, you know, we had a discussion at this church a couple weeks ago. And some of the folks at the church said, hey, listen, we need some men here to come and teach us something. And so I'm from the pulpit. I had made the statement before he, I ever knew that. I said, some people want teachy teachers. I said, if you'd listen to the preaching, you would learn something. <laughs> but they want a laser pointer. Everybody doing okay? That's right. They want a laser pointer and a chalkboard, and, you know, and hand in the pocket, a bow tie, some weird looking glasses, you know. <laughs> Amen. Oh, now he's a teacher. <laughs> Forgive me. We're live stream, amen. <laughs> Turn in your concordance to the Greek dictionary. <laughs> Definition 714, and tonight we'll learn something. I've heard it. I had a young lady tell me one time, she was, oh, I just love Greek word studies. I said, I don't really care for them. She was, oh, have you ever really studied the Greek? And I said, well, I don't really speak. And she said, I don't either. She's my professors at such and such a place. They taught me how to study. And it just opened my eyes to so many things. And I said, well, when God saved me, he opened my eyes in the King James Bible. In the conversation, true story, in the conversation. A lot of people looking for something else but God. Now, perhaps to say this, there's a lot of men, there's men in this room who do a far better job than I will do tonight with this scripture. There's men that have far more knowledge in this room than I have of this scripture. I'm not being arrogant, I'm not being cocky. But God gave me the message for tonight in Psalm chapter 10. You say, how, how do we know God gave you the message? Well, if you're uncomfortable, troubled, upset, bothered, miserable, angry with me, angry with the words, it could be God. On the other hand, if you're happy and have joy and have peace, the Holy Ghost thrills your insides, it could be God. Then you have to reconcile this. You know what? Maybe God did give that man the message. And even though he botched it and messed it up and tells stupid stories, God, you still showed me something. Don't let this bother Amen. So why you do that? Because both Sammy Allen got too old, couldn't jump up and down anymore. So he just take his coat tail his hanky. He'd go, God forbid I didn't make eye contact with him while he preached for two hours. He'd go, hey, hey Brother Tiny, you still with me? I'm like, well, I'll, I'll look down for half a second. Yeah, I'm still with you, preacher. Well, God forbid I didn't say amen when he said amen. He'd go, Brother Tiny, you still with me over there? Amen, Brother Allen. Well, why don't you go out the porch and preach for a while? Now, we're in downtown Philly. Why don't you go out the porch and preach for a while? Like, <laughs> go on out there and preach. Brother, you just go out there in the front porch and preach a while. I'll, I'll preach it here. You preach out there. Now, I felt like I was being punished, to be honest with you. It's like, get out of the service. You're not paying attention. Just go on outside. <laughs> I went outside and preached in the front porch. He preached inside. 
As soon as I get on the porch, there's about 15 guys walking on the sidewalk on the side of the street. I said, well, well, the Bible says, and I mean, they cussed me, cursed, blasphemed God, gave me the bird. I mean, everything under the sun. I preached the rest of the time. Nobody walked by. I went back in the church. He goes, just go, go back out there and preach a little bit longer. <laughs> I didn't bow up, buck up. I didn't get mad. He sent me and uh, another friend, Don Anderson, out in, in, in the middle of the mountains in North Carolina. He sent us, he gave me a lot. He must not like my preaching or something. <laughs> he sent me outside. Me and, the, and he sends this young missionary out with us. He says, now you don't go out there. He goes, I, I want one of you shout and one of you preaching at all times. So but Don says, you preach, but I'll shout. And I mean, you can just hear an echo. So I'm preaching, but Don says, glory to God, hallelujah, glory to God. I'm, I'm preaching away. And finally, Don says, young man, why don't you preach? And I mean, we're just wide up. He goes, I'm going to be preaching. He announces his title. And he says, point one. But Don goes, just preach, son, preach. He said, why do you tell that? Because people don't like it. <laughs> Love of Sam. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. First time he, listen, I'm going to honor those that help me. First time he met Rebecca, I was in the back changing shower at the prophet's room in Philly and heard the girls in the church come over. I said, go introduce yourself to Sammy Allen. She said, how will I know who he is? I said, oh, you'll know. Don't worry about that. He sees me, jumps up, comes tottering down the hall. He goes, oh, that's a good boy. That's a good right there. He goes, that's a good boy. Boy, you got you a good right there. Amen. I said, yeah, I know, Brother Allen. Amen. Now, don't tell her I said this. I won't say names. Now, some of them young ladies sitting there with her, he's preaching. He's, I mean, he has an hour-long offering, preaches for an hour. He's up and down the pews, up and down the aisles. He looks at one of them and goes, heck, don't look like a snake, bitch, ya. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't like it near as much as I did. I, I quote my wife when she's, we've never seen anything like that, ever. I told her, I said, well, I kind of cut my teeth on this. Amen. I went down that big meat of the mountains. That when Gary Luther was about 100 pounds heavier, and he got to hopping around the platform, and it was a concrete platform, and the building shook. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Why stand thou, standest thou afar off, O Lord? Why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? I'm going to look at Isaiah 3 and 13, and I want to make this very clear tonight. Isaiah 3 and 13, he said this, The Lord standeth up to plead, now notice this, and standeth to judge the people. Now I've said many times when Stephen the martyr looked steadfast, gazed steadfastly into heaven, what did he say? Behold, I see Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Standing in judgment. If you would, let's look at the book of James, chapter 5, just quickly. I need to explain this to proceed further. James chapter 5 and verse 9. Grudge not one against another, brother, unless you be condemned. Behold, 
the judge standeth before the door. The judge standeth before the door. One more reference on that. That's going to be Psalm 82 and verse 1. The word of God tells us this. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. So in our text, when the psalmist says on this wise, why standest thou afar off, O Lord? Why, why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? I'm going to give you two references here, and then we'll continue with the text. Isaiah 45 and verse 15. Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself. O God of Israel, the Savior. Job said the Lord hideth with the thick cloud. He hideth himself. And you say, why is that? Well, one of the reasons for certain is God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That's why God hideth himself. But the Lord also hideth himself when he standeth afar off. He's standing in judgment afar off. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy 31, and I'll read verse 17, verse 18 in that passage. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them. He said, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured. And many evils and troubles shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, are not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us? Why is God not among us? Because he has hid himself from us. He standeth afar off. In verse 18, he said, I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evils which they shall have wrought and that they are turned unto other gods. Now, I don't have time to get into the some of this, I'll just mention it. But when God's face does come before man, God's face comes before man in judgment, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And I believe in the context of what we've read, in the context of what is said here, the Lord is standing afar off in judgment. He's hid himself from man in judgment. Judgment is a twofold ministry of the Lord, a twofold work of God. There is judgment to wrath and there is judgment to mercy. That God will judge righteous, shall not the judge of all the earth do right. He'll judge our good, he'll judge our evil. He'll judge what's right, he'll judge what's wrong. What he's saying here is that God is standing afar off. God is a spectator, if you will. God is watching what's going on. Judgment has been withheld. The face of God has been removed from them. God has hid himself. He's actively hiding. He hideth himself. But there's going to be 
a day of judgment. In verse 2, I want you to notice this. I want you to notice the state of the wicked. The condition, if you will, of the wicked. In verse 2, the word of God said, the wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Now, I'll just weigh in on something, whether it's my business or not. I understand costs. I understand money. I understand bills. I understand the American way. $6,200 is a bit expensive for an ambulance ride. You can just say amen. Frank got a helicopter ride. Didn't have a choice. $31,000. Now listen, if you need a helicopter ride, you'll be glad to pay $31,000. But you don't think they know that? They persecute the poor through their oppression. Of the poor. But I'll go a step further than just that. I'm not trying to attack the medical establishment, but big corporations, they are persecuting the poor, but there are individuals that he speaks of that also persecute the poor. They just announced that to all the fineries of Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, that fine town we live just south of Shippensburg, we do a lot of our business in Shippensburg. Shippensburg University is there. Uh, there's four or five restaurants, a couple hundred bars, and just one of the finest towns in all of Pennsylvania. The crime rate rate is very low because they don't investigate the petty crimes anymore. They just announced that Shippensburg forever will be changed, new hotels, new restaurants, because we are getting a casino. What a blessing to the poor. Yeah. Yeah, How about that? Tax on idiots. That's right, Sure. They'll go down there with the dreams. Can I, can I, if you do gamble, you do scratch off tickets, lottery tickets, casino, can I give you some advice? Go invest in a mutual fund that delivers half, and you'll do a lot better than you will at the casino. Yeah. Invest $10,000 in a mutual fund that maxes out at $5,000 in 10 years, and you will still come out $5,000 ahead. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing.
singing the glorious song of the redeemed. 